The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Hey guys, Scott McClelland here for FX Missions Podcasting, and thanks for joining. Hey, I wanted to just do a little introduction here. I had an opportunity to talk to a friend who's actually been friend for some years, been with us on the foreign field, that kind of thing. Susan Cooper Creel. She's written a new book and it's doing really well on Amazon. It's called My Journey to Finding My Identity, Calling, and Assignment. It's pretty cool stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. And I want to commend it to you as the podcast is coming straight ahead. She'll talk to us about her journey which included depression, sullenness, anger, some problems, some dark night of the soul type stuff. But it all led out into a beautiful light and a beautiful openness that I think she personally benefited from and will help you too. Don't forget to check out the link at the bottom. And thanks again for being a part of FX Missions Podcasting. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast with your host, Scott McClelland far and wide, and sometimes here at home. These bold and courageous souls that answer the call to missions have a steely metal that insists pioneering be part of their daily routine. Let's gather today and learn from those on the forefront. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for being with us. Really appreciate it. We're excited today, I think, is a good way to put it. Maybe I'm excited too often, but today I'm excited. And you might be wondering why. I've got a friend here of some years on the line with me, and I guess it came out of nowhere for me. (laughs) Susan Creel, by the way, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Scott. Yeah, it came out of, like, I don't know, nowhere. I didn't even know you were thinking about writing a book. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a surprise to a lot of people, my friend. <laughs> yeah, hey, not that I didn't believe that you had a book in you, okay? Because I I've heard you uh, hold forth a time or two. <laughs> no, in no way was I surprised by the fact that you might have something to say, or you might be well studied. Obviously, we've exchanged commentary on certain passages of scripture. We've been on the field together. We've done, we've had a good time. We've been, yes, you know, we've seen God bless and touch people's lives as a result of our obedience. Uh, and so thank God for all of that. As uh, George W. Bush would say, I didn't misunderestimate you. That's good. Well, thank you, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) But I was still so surprised. Not only did you, were you writing a book, you had it finished and it was at the publisher and it was getting (laughs) these final touches. How did this sneak up on me? Well, okay. First of all, like I said, don't be surprised. There were really not very many people that knew about the book. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So the reason why you didn't know about the book was because honestly, I kept it really quiet 
for a lot of reasons, most of which were my insecurities. <laughs> but really, the reason why he didn't know about it was because it just happened so fast. So mm. I made the original phone call to my friend who connected me to the publisher that I ended up going with, which is Becky Norwood out of Spotlight Publishing in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Yeah. I made the original phone call to my friend uh, on October 17th of last year. And then, yeah. you know, we published on July 29th. And then of course, Scott knows me and knows that my husband and I own a deer processing company. So somewhere right in <laughs> October, November, December is the peak of deer season. And so a lot didn't get done in that time. Right. So basically this happened between January and July 29th. Okay. And so the reason why it came together so quickly was because the original book, the manuscript is actually written based on a letter that I wrote to my daughter. Mm. The original letter was 18 pages long. And, okay. and it was that letter that prompted the building of the book. Mm. So not very many people knew about it. And basically in the letter, I was telling her about the journey yeah. so that she could avoid the pitfalls that I had fallen into. And so whenever I got the mandate that this needed to be a book, it went really fast after that. Mm. Yeah. You already had the nucleus of the book at kickoff or whatever there. Yes. And so the last time that we hung out in Mexico, this wasn't even an inkling in my mind. Wow. Interestingly enough, though, the last time we were hanging out in Mexico, I was still right in the middle of this journey, though, still struggling with the, the concepts of just of identity and calling and assignments. But again, what was an even a blip in my mind that I was going to make a book? Wow. Yeah. Well, and tell us really quick the name or title and sort of the subtitle of the book so we can get that stamped down here really quick. Right. So at the book launch, the MC actually made a joke that it would take Susan Creel to have a book with a title that's 15 words long. So <laughs> let me <laughs> so so the main title of the book is called Identity Calling and Assignment. The subtitle okay. is and the difference in the three. Mm -hmm. And the book itself is actually a workbook. So it's not just a mm -hmm. read it and walk mm -hmm. away from it. It's meant that you'll read the first section and then work the first se workbook section and then move on to the second section and so on and so forth. I jokingly told somebody recently that it's only 75 pages long. I mean, you can sit down and read this in a couple of hours, some people in mm -hmm. a couple of minutes, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it took me four and a half years to walk it. And yeah. it's really meant to kind of help people walk this journey out. The beginning of the book actually teaches people how to study their Bible using an acronym called SOAP. Okay. When my journey started, that was what I did was started soaping the Word of God. Mm. And so I share that in the book because it was such a major hinge point in my journey that mm. then caused me to be able to go study out my identity and my calling and then eventually my assignment. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired. I'm I'm just I'm just stoked here. I mean, you may or or may not be aware of this, you might be, but there have been a few books that have been extremely popular that started out as a letter from a parent to a child. Were you aware of that? I don't think I knew that. Well, one that I'm familiar with that was just that origin story was The Shack. Oh, I love that book. I didn't realize yeah, the that. Shack, that's the same way the shack started as a letter to William P. Young or Paul Young. He's a friend of a, of a friend of mine who's from Portland. So we, we had access to some kind of behind the scenes information. Wow. Yeah. And we also watched some stuff 
on it and kind of followed it through. He wrote the shack as a letter to his children. So, hey, right there. Yeah. Whenever I started this journey, Katie was 19 years old. She was, well, 18 years old. She was fixing to graduate from high school. She had a lot going on in her world, but that was the moment. She was 18 years old when I got fired by God. (laughs) And that's what (laughs) threw me into the tailspin, you know, was because essentially I had my identity and my assignment mixed up. And so she had a lot going on in her world. She didn't really need me to have a conversation. In fact, you know, she had prom and graduation and things like that. Yeah. But I didn't want to miss mm-hmm. this moment to write something knowing that she was going to go through this, something like this at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So it really was, I sat down and typed it on my computer. But yeah. because I sat down and packaged it, you know, packaged my thoughts into this letter. And I didn't even uh-huh. know it was 18 pages until a couple of months later. But I just sat down and started typing. And then at the end of it, it made it so that I could package it in a way that I could regurgitate it. And then over the next few Mm -hmm. weeks, I realized that it was coming out of me. And there was just something about putting words Mm -hmm. to paper that made it so that I could encourage other people with it. And not too long, probably a couple of weeks after I finished the letter, Anna Bohannon, a mutual Uh friend of ours, great friends, Billy and Anna Bohanna. Anna asked me to speak at a Bible study for women called Apache. And I knew the moment Mm -hmm. she asked me, I knew exactly what I wanted to share. It was exactly what was on my heart. So this gave me a, because I'd packaged it, made it possible for me to to encourage others with it. Eventually the letter ended up on Facebook because an Apache, uh, one of the Apache ladies asked me if I would share my notes Mm -hmm. and I didn't have notes. I had just shared my story. Uh So I threw it up on Facebook because I was super busy trying to, I was trying to email it to her and she couldn't get it. So I said, well, look, I'm just going to throw it up on Facebook. I'll let you just grab it. And I did that and then forgot about it. And so about four or five hours later, Uh it was still there. And I got a text message from a mutual friend of mine. I'm sorry, from a friend of ours that was a real estate Uh agent, but she rarely did a whole lot of personal information whenever we spoke. And she messaged me, she texted me and said, I'm not even really sure what to say except for thank you. I really needed that. And it took me 20 minutes to figure out what she was talking about to Mm. realize that I had left that up on Facebook. When I went on Facebook, there were comments and things like that. (laughs) So I pulled it down real real, real fast. (laughs) Not really sure why I pulled it down, but in that couple of hours, my dad actually saw it and he printed it out. And then later on, I got the mandate from my dad that this needed to be a book. And that's how. Oh, well. Yes. And my dad was had been rushed to the hospital. And I went to Houston to sit by his side when my mom wasn't sitting by his side. And I went home to mom and dad's house to stay the night. And the letter that I had written to Kate, that's the first time I had seen it printed out because it was, you know, 18 pages the letter was sitting next to dad's recliner and he was reading it before he ended up having to go to the doctor. And so the next morning, whenever I sat in his hospital room, I said, dad, I saw you printed out that letter to Kate. And he got really adamant with me that this needed to be a book and I needed to do something. And he made me promise that I would, I would look into it. So on the way home from Houston that weekend, after we got dad settled back at home, I made the phone call (laughs) to my friend and said, okay, what does this take? Wow. Well, that's cool to me that you got inspiration from your kind of, you were having reflections over, hey, you know, I need to get this 
down on paper as uh, for my daughter. And then then you got a mandate. A mandate. From, There's no other way to say it. <laughs> you're getting it on both. I mean, you're getting it from both directions here. Yes. I'm talking about from a family point of view. That That's really neat. And the funny thing is, is that whenever I first called the publisher, just the way the publisher happened and everything, it was just, it's just been a God thing from the very beginning. But I, I called my friend. She said, here's the number. Her name is Becky. Give her a call. She said, but go on the website and mm. fill out this form so she'll have your email. And I did. Yeah. And 20 minutes after I filled out that form, she called me. And I thought, okay, this is crazy. This does, It's not mm. supposed to happen like this. This is just. Right. That, that's not the yeah. way it works. Right. Well, it turned out that she had gotten an email that was on her computer, showed up right above the email that was my form, my web form, that was from my friend in Phoenix, Arizona. And it said, hey, a girl named Susan Creel is going to email you with an idea for a book. Do whatever she says, because it's going to be great. This was just an endorsement. And Dawn, my friend, had no idea what the book was going to be about. She just... Mm -hmm. She just endorsed the idea. Right. So I told Becky wow. that day, the, the publisher, that I just wanted five books, one for Kate, one for my dad, obviously. Right. And then I wanted one for my library and I wanted one for Kate's hope chest. And then I wanted an extra one just in case they lost theirs. So I only wanted five <laughs> books. And, oh, and Becky said, I'll never forget it because Becky said, well, that's not really the way that works, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of oh went from there. It's been great. Yeah, it's been a great process. I know it took off. And I've got a couple of questions as they come to mind here. I want to make sure and get anything that's in your mind about it as well. Something you want to share. But the question that comes to mind for me is, would you unpack a little bit for us the difference between uh, what you've seen and the difference between identity or calling and an assignment and getting fired by God. That's kind of, you're kind of tipping the cards there a little bit to us. Clearly, we don't want to unpack the, the whole, whole book, book here. Right. We want somebody to work through that process. Right. But what does it mean to get fired by God? And it sounds like he was firing you, obviously not from uh, being his daughter. Right, for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> but it sounds like it was a role. There was a role that was changed. <laughs> and then how did that, I guess, what appears to be maybe an awkward season of life, uh, God broke into it and meant something. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Uh, yeah, so just as a little bit of a, a uh, clarification on the fired by God, I, the Lord had been telling me for months upon months, and I, I'm really sad to say it's probably it was probably closer to almost a year that he wanted me to step back from my position at our company. We have a, a company here in Southeast right. Texas, but I really enjoyed my job and I enjoyed everything that came along with it, the flexibility of schedules, the title, you know, I liked the paychecks, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so he had been telling me in my spirit for almost a year that I needed to step back from it. And I kept ignoring it because in short, because it was my identity. It was what I identified with the most whenever people said, I know uh -huh. Susan Creel, she's a real estate agent. She's an investor. She's, you know, vice president of this company. She's acquisitions and mergers and all that kind of stuff. And so I, and I really did enjoy all that entailed that. And um, mm -hmm. I woke up on a random morning with the Lord just screaming in my ear. I always kind of tease that normally when the Lord speaks to me, it starts mm -hmm. with sweetheart. Hey, sweetheart, I need you to do this or you know, that morning, there was no sweetheart, Scott. Right. Where was the term of endearment? Yes. It was much. Somebody asked me recently, well, was it like audible? And I was like, 
I'm going to steal a quote from my pastor. No, it was so much louder than that. It was not, it was not audible. It was my very bones. And it was in that moment, yeah. you know, that moment right after you wake up, but you haven't quite woken up, you know, yes. you train yourself, the Lord will speak to you. And the Bible says that he speaks to us in our nighttime and, and boy, did he speak mm. to me that morning, but he basically, wow. what he said was, and this is a quote, he said, you have to get out so that he can. And I knew that what he meant was I needed to position myself out of the company so that it would give Darren the flexibility mm-hmm. to do what he needed to do. That was getting the fired by God part. And then that really is what prompted kind of the downward spiral into the frustration, the depression. And the and like I said, none of my friends knew what I was going through. Uh, in fact, recently I asked Darren, my husband, I said, do you know, do you remember those four and a half years? Because it's not all that long ago. You know, it's only been five or six years since that happened. I said, do you remember that? And he said, he kind of nodded. And you know, Darren, very quiet. He kind of nodded his head. And I said, what do you remember about it? And he said, I just remember that first year, you just being really, really angry and really mad and really sad. But, you know, a lot of our friends didn't know that because I was raised in church and I knew how to fake that, you know, going to church and things like that. But I, I did. I went through a lot of depression. And what it really came down to was I had taken that job and made it my identity and had completely lost myself in it because, you know, your identity is not your thumbprint, your social security number, your cell phone number, your, uh, that is not your identity. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians that you're a masterpiece and our daughter is an art lover. She's an artist Mm. and she has studied art in college. And one of the things that she told me was so cool. She said, you know, mom, the artists in our world, the artists themselves don't get to decide which of their paintings is a masterpiece. The critic decides that, but that's not the way it works Mm -hmm. in the Lord's world. Right. If he says you're a masterpiece, then it's because he's designed you and you are his. Mm -hmm. And I had just really lost that. And so I spent the next months mm. and months kind of reestablishing who, who I was in Christ. And that's what the book will help you do. Yes, absolutely. I think the dark night of the soul, I'm sure I've heard that expression, yes. may have read the book by St. John of the Cross. I think I, I at least have a copy somewhere. <laughs> I think I looked at it at one time. It was a pretty dark night. I may have put it down. But we've all been through that, right? right? We've been right. through dark places, valley of the shadow, this kind of experience. There's always, I think, someone even now who's listening may may be in that position, you know, in that place. And maybe they've been there for quite a Mm -hmm. while. But there is a result, I think, if we're walking with the Lord through this valley type of experience, there's an outcome that is being produced in us, even when it feels like the Lord may be very distant mm-hmm. and he's reforming mm-hmm. us. So I appreciate you being faithful to that process and coming out the other side to see some results that the Lord had in mind. Very, very cool. Well, and one of the things that's happened since is the responses back to me have been amazing. But what one of the things where it's really connected, I think, with people is that all of us experience transition For example, I had a girl walk up to me at church a couple of weekends ago, and she said, I am absolutely loving your book. Now, this is a young girl in her younger 20s, I would say, 22 maybe. And she just got married. And she said, I just want you to know, I have cried in the stupidest places in this book. And she's like, I didn't even know I was going, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was dealing with this. But when you go through a transition, there's kind of a question mark 
of what the outcome is going to be. And if it's a transition that you were looking forward to, for example, getting married, what you don't know is on the other side of that Mm -hmm. is things that you don't know. Like you don't know what you don't know. And so one of the other things that's happened a lot Mm -hmm. since this has happened is that I've been very surprised by men who have approached me and said, I've never thought of it this way, but I really do find my identity in my job. And of course, Men, mm. I mean, I think you can attest to this is that whenever you have a job, it's in your, and especially if you yeah. own a company, it is, you are the company, the company is you kind of thing. So men have definitely identified with the fact that you could lose your identity in your job, but women can do this differently. Women can do this in our jobs. We can lose our identity in our marriages, in our children. Wow. And that's the reason why, you know, your children graduate and go off to college. You know, the next thing you know, you're looking around going, well, what do I do now? And it's because you've lost, you know, yes. you may have lost your identity in your children. And it's not a bad thing for us to spend time focusing on our children. That's what that chapter of life was supposed to be about. But whenever it's sure. over, it can be crushing right. if yes. it's unexpected. Yes, it can. Yeah. And I think that happened to me in a, a way, I guess. I say this to people. You've probably heard me say this. If I'm not wrong, Susan, you may be not or humor me. <laughs> Nobody told me, you know, I mean, like, OK, your oldest child is going off to college. Right. Things will never be the same. She'll never come home again in the same way that she's leaving today. Right. So cherish this time and make the most of it and realize that from an experience point of view, this is a hard turn in a different direction. Right. Nobody told me that. Nobody warns Come on, people. guys. Right. Seriously? I needed to know that. That transition right there of children leaving home and going off is where a lot of marriages yeah. fall apart. It's because we put our identity in our jobs or our children. And then all of a sudden, when those things aren't there right. anymore, there's the connection. The connections haven't been made. It's transitions like that yes. that kind of force us to refocus. So in re- and in reality, we've made an assignment, what was supposed to be a short term focus on it for a time thing into our identity. And so when that assignment is over, it crushes us and it shouldn't because our identities are in Christ and Christ alone. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. Well, I can't say I was, you were alone in that. And (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people, it's very relatable. And sadly, we're, at least in my case, I'll say, I was uninstructed. I mean, I was not ready it wasn't like I was I had lost my entire opportunity to be present in right. my child's right. raising. Nothing like that. We had a great family experience and full, full of all the stuff that you would expect. But I did not see it coming where we're taking this hard right and it's not going to ever be the right. same. Right. And it shouldn't be. Right. Everybody's stepping into different times and seasons in their life. And that's to be expected. And just cherish the memories, but don't lose sight of the next phase here because it's rich with its own contribution. Absolutely. Right. That's what happens when we switch off. We miss what the next phase should have been or what it could have been in God's grace. At least what I learned. Yes. And I'm going to still another quote from my pastor here, but he said, if you're too busy holding on to the one wave, you're going to miss the next. And so in letting your child go off to yeah. college, yes, things change. And there's a little bit of a, a loss, not a loss. There's a, there's a transition, but the next chapter is going to be equally yeah. cool. 
it's just going to be different. It's just a different assignment. Yeah. And, and it's when we lose our right. identities in our chapters, in our jobs, in our in our children, in our marriages, that mm-hmm. that whenever yeah. we lose them or we think we're losing them, we feel crushed. Right. And it's just, uh, it doesn't have to yes. be that way. Because, you know, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he built you, he is your identity. And that's what I had to just kind of reestablish. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into this thing. Let's talk for a minute about what kind of reception your book's gotten. And I have seen quite a few accolades floating about. Congratulations. But yeah, what, what kind of reception has it been? And then we maybe have a couple more questions. We'll close it out. Go ahead, Susan. How, how have people responded? One of the reasons why we kind of I kind of kept this quiet is because I was concerned as how people would take it. One of my friends told me whenever she first read it, it was very raw in the sense that I'm very honest about the position I was in, Uh, what I was going through. mm -hmm. And I knew it was raw because, you know, originally I had written this letter to Kate. And so I wanted to be raw in front of Kate. But but I was Mm -hmm. a little hesitant about putting it out there. But then one after another, after even when it was an editing phase, I had glimpses of the concept of the book, of what the book was trying to communicate really affecting people's lives. My editor was actually mm-hmm. editing the book, sitting at a table with four other English teachers. She's an English teacher, Robin McEachin. And she was editing the book whenever they asked her at the table what she was doing. And she told them and then told them what the book was about. And one of the girls actually picked up her cell phone and tried to order it on Amazon because she said, I, I need I need this book. And she said, well, it's not on Amazon yet. You know, I'm just editing it. When she came back and told me, I, right. that was my first inkling that I was like, Lord, you're really, you're really going to use this. And it's been everything from men that have come mm-hmm. up to me and said, I didn't even realize that I had lost my identity, my job, but I have. And thank you. One of the ones is the young lady that has recently gotten married. She really affected me in the sense that I didn't even know she was going through something. Mm-hmm. And then we've had people on Facebook yeah. and the internet and things like that say things. And uh, so we're really blown away just by how God's taken it so much further than we ever thought it would go. You know, I, my publisher still jokes around with me about, yeah, and you just wanted five books. <laughs> so it, it launched on July 29th and we we were really blown away. Darren and I actually had covid that day, well, and Darren was actually getting over it. I don't even know if we told you we had COVID, but I, I heard, yeah, yeah. And it was thankfully we were able to get through it, no problem. But Darren was a few days ahead of me, and so on July 29th, the Kindle version of the book was supposed to launch. But that morning, I was supposed to email my launch team and tell them, "Hey guys, this is it. This is what you need to do to help me launch the book." And I had just barely made uh-huh. it from the bed to Darren's recliner because I had been nauseous. And I was sitting in the recliner, my phone rang and I picked it up. It was my publisher. And she said, wow, you're up early and busy. And I said, well, you know, what are you talking about? And she said, well, you've already emailed your launch team. And I said, Becky, I haven't done anything. And this was about 1130 in the afternoon. So I was supposed to do this first thing in the morning. And I said, I haven't done anything. I'm so sorry. And she said, what do you mean you haven't done anything? And I said, I haven't, I haven't sent out the email. And then she said, how do you already have sales in the United States, Canada, and Australia? And I said, what? And she said, you haven't sent out your email to your launch team. And I said, no. And she said, Susan, you already have sales in the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. So you're saying you didn't email anybody. And I said, Becky, I don't even know anybody in Australia. (laughs) And she was like, I don't understand. It wasn't even (laughs) supposed to be, it wasn't even public. And so that was the second inkling when I thought, okay, Lord, 
this is way beyond me and I don't have anything to do with this. And then by the end of that day, we were number one in three categories on Amazon. Three days later, we were number one in eight (laughs) categories and we were in the top 100 for 13 days after the launch. And this just, it's just been, the response has been unbelievable. People buying churches are buying books to put in their merchant shops We've had churches contact us about bulk so they can use it for Bible studies. We're just blown away by what God's doing mm-hmm. with it. It is meant to, like I said, it is a workbook. So it is meant to be, you could absolutely study this book all by yourself and take your time. It's what I encourage. Right. But it would absolutely be a really great group yeah. study workbook too, where you could study it individually and come together and right. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small group or whatever there. I really want to emphasize Obviously, you're ringing a bell in a lot of uh, categories and sections there. I, for myself, really, it resonates with me that you can lose your bearings in the middle of life and assignment Mm. and all of that kind of thing. You can start attaching identity, self-worth, you know, sense of essence, you know, everything you can start attaching all of those things to things that are passing away. We can see this all around us. Yeah. All around us. And I think that's the reason why yeah. it resonates with people so much. That So give me, if you will, the intro again, the 15 word name yeah. of this book. It's, it's actually easier on, if you go on Amazon, it's actually easier to find it by my name, <laughs> by publishing. Okay. But, uh, yeah. and we'll do that too. But the actual title uh-huh. of the book is My Journey to Finding My Identity, Calling, and Assignment, and the okay. Difference in the Three. But if you'd like to find it on Amazon, you could search for Susan Cooper Creel, and the last name is C R E E L. That's the easiest way to find it. And then what we're really praying is that God will just take it and put it in the hands of people that are struggling with everything from, you know, the cool thing is, is that the beginning of the book where it teaches how to study your Bible, I've had people Mm. come up to me and say, you know, I've never really, I've read my Bible for, Mm -hmm. you know, years, but I've never really studied my Bible. And that was a requirement for me to get through this moment was for me to be able to study so Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from the book actually has been quoted back to me since I've published it. And that is that if you lose your identity, you may miss your calling and fail your assignment. And Mm. that was the ultimate nugget from the book. Mm. And that's what I wanted Kate to get. And that's what we do. We lose our identities and it causes us to kind of miss our callings. The gifts and callings of the Lord are irrevocable. You're not going right, right. to lose, you know, the fact that you're called to be an encourager or right, something like that. But right. we do not focus on them, not use them in the way that we should. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we'll fail up the assignment that we've been asked to complete. Yes. And I think what it really came down to me was that I, I was working on an assignment and it was a good assignment. I mean, I was doing, I was encouraging my husband and working for him and helping him mm-hmm. and doing all the things that, Normal people would look at and go, hey, you're doing good stuff. But it wasn't what God asked me to do. It wasn't my current assignment. Right. And I think that process of letting go is scary. You know, it's, yes. it is scary. It's scary when everything you've known. It's one thing for God to ask you to give something up when everything's going wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's easy, much easier that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when everything's going right. Right, you know? right. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy. He knows us. He made us. He knows 
all of these, like you say, these magnificent elements of what he put inside of us and our trust in him in these transitionary places, if we can walk in trust with him, that will maximize the expression of his intent. And that's what you're yes. saying there about, about hitting your calling and right. not failing at your assignment. Wonderful, right. wonderful stuff. Susan, tell us where we can get the book. Amazon.com is the best way to get it. One of the things that we've dealt with just recently is that the publishing company actually wants us to go up on the price. Darren and I have just determined that we're not going to do that. We want to keep it at a, at a price that's doable for as yeah. many people as possible. And so it is only $10 on mm. Amazon.com. And again, if you just search Susan Cooper Creel, C-R-E-E-L, mm -hmm. you'll find it. It's a white book with the big red letters that says Identity Calling and Assignment. The, the other thing too is awesome. that we would love for feedback. We would love to know how your if your church is using it, things like that, how you're mm -hmm. using it, because we would just love to see how God launches it into the world. So Yes, yes. And thank you so much for coming on. I'm really My appreciative pleasure. of your being here and thank God for your courage. I appreciate you stepping out and <laughs> completing this process. <laughs> oh, that's the cool thing is, is that the journey was tough, mm -hmm. but this was a whole yeah. nother process. Putting it out there in the world is definitely, but you know what? God's going to use it. I told a lady the other day, if, if God can use a donkey, he can use me. So, <laughs> so yes, it's oh. been a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Now, if someone wants to contact you by way of follow-up, would they do that at your author's page at Amazon? Or if someone wanted to reach out and make contact with you for whatever reason, how would they do that? You know, I feel really confident in just giving out my personal email, if that's okay. And If you feel good, that's great. Yeah. I, yes. The fastest, easiest way to get me, because it's it goes straight to my phone, is to uh -huh. email me at Susan, S-U-S-A-N, at MyRentMan.com. And that's M-Y-R-E-N-T-M-A-N.com. And that's just the fastest, easiest way to get me. So Yeah, very, very good. Thank you again, Susan, for your friendship and for jumping on the podcast with us. Thank we'll, you, sir. We'll look forward with thankfulness as to what the Lord does through all these things that he's leading us into. Many blessings to you on this journey. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. I am Scott McClelland, and this has been a special edition, kind of a book talk here with Susan Cooper Creel. Really appreciate you listening. If you know someone who might be inspired or encouraged or strengthened by these points of clarity that God has taken a lot of trouble to get through to Susan, I would love for you to go straight to Amazon and get you a copy. Thanks for participating in FX Missions podcasting. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time. Have a good one. You've been listening to From the Forefront, hosted by FX Missions, Scott McClelland. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like more information on today's guest, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash FX Missions. Please rate our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. If you know someone who should be a guest on our podcast, we're currently reviewing candidates for upcoming episodes. Please submit their name, affiliation, and an essay of why their story needs to be told to info at fxmissions.com. And of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at fxmissions.com. From Scott McClelland and the whole team here at FX Missions, thanks for listening. Till next time, have a great day.